All right. I am joined by Atlas Power Shrugged. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks time. for having me. Thanks for being flexible. Appreciate it. Let's um let's jump right into this because for those who are unaware of your Instagram, you take a lot of time to procure these kind of essays on the things that you feel that you're seeing throughout social media. Yes. Yeah. And um one of them in, in particular. I find super interesting. The, the talking about genetics is usually complete bullshit. What, what do you mean by that? Like if you can expand upon that thought, cause it's a very, uh, a, a charging kind of, um, somewhat inflammatory remark. Cause I feel like a lot of people love to talk about genetics, especially in the space that we're in. Yeah. So I'm, I'm using bullshit in a kind of technical sense. There's actually a, a book, uh, I think I have it on my shelf, but it would it would take me probably too long to actually find it. There's a book, a philosophical book called On Bullshit that actually goes into what bullshit is, like kind of in a philosophical, uh, you know, linguistic analysis sense. And essentially what it boils down to is it's not lying. Lying is when you know what's true and you're intentionally telling something that's not true. It's not truth telling. Truth telling, you know what's true and you're intentionally telling the truth. Bullshit is where you're just basically saying something because you think it sounds cool, you think it's going to make you look cool, it just you just want to, and you don't really know or care if it's true or not. And in a lot of cases, it's going to be something where it's not easy to see if it's actually true or not. So no one's ever going to call you on it, um, or you know, just you're kind of just you know to, to varying degrees, you're intentionally making it up, or you're just saying something that sounds good to you. And you're not really thinking about it that critically, uh, but basically bullshit is something that you're saying to make yourself seem cool rather than like you're intentionally telling a lie like, hey, I know what the truth is, but I'm going to deceive people, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, the example I give of, of lying would be a fake nanny, you know, a okay. fake, someone who they know if they're natural or not, um, you know, unless they've convinced them they're so you know, far gone, they've convinced themselves, but they know that they're lying and they know that the, the truth matters, right? Um, if it didn't so matter with the truth. Yeah, they wouldn't lie if they didn't know that the truth matters. So in a sense, fake natties actually respect the truth more than bullshitters because they know that it's important. That's why they're trying to deceive you, right? Right, right. That's why. The, yeah. Okay. So then um, how does the talk of genetics fit into this? Why is it coined as bullshit in your mind? Because there's really no way to actually fact check whether it's true or not in most cases to most extent. So like when we're talking about genetics, usually what we're talking about in the fitness industry is you know, your ability to build muscle, right? That's usually, there are some, there are some other examples where that wouldn't be the case. Like, let's say somebody has ridiculously long arms and short legs and they're good at deadlifting. You might say, I have good deadlift genetics. Okay. And that's, you know, limb length is mostly genetic or at least largely genetic. So it's probably, that's probably actually true that if you, you know, your, your particular build is very good for a particular lift, probably you have some genetics that are favorable for that lift, although it's going to be, you know, a disadvantage to other lifts. You wouldn't say, oh, I have really long arms, therefore I just have good genetics overall. It's kind of more specific, right? Uh, but that's that's usually not what people are talking about. Usually they mean like, I, I've i been lifting for five years, but I'm, you know, 6'0", 180, I'm still small, I have bad genetics, right? Or, oh yeah, this guy's just gigantic because he has really good genetics, you know? Okay. Is it is right. it that their assessment of genetics in itself is like, 
kind of a problematic thing? Like, how do you, how could you judge something based on maybe lack of experience or what, what's the deal with that? Well, it's like, we're, well, I mean, when we say genetics, we're actually talking about a thing like your DNA, your genetic code, like you have right. DNA in all your cells. That's, you know, determining how you are formed. Right. We're not referencing in no, in no case or almost no cases are we actually referencing the DNA. No one's getting a DNA test and actually checking if they're, if their guesses about a person's genetics are correct. Like we're not taking the, you know, skinny hard gainer and actually testing his DNA. And some geneticist is saying, oh, yep, there, these particular genes are, yep, those are the, those are the bad ones for muscle growth. You actually have bad genetics. We're not, we're not taking that guy that everyone says has amazing genetics. Like, you know, coach Greg, for example, he always says he has amazing genetics, right? Like he's never, as far as I know, done a DNA test and actually found that he in fact has favorable genetics for muscle building, you know? But so wouldn't no one... you say that, wouldn't you say that like the best of something, uh, like has to be genetically superior because they've gone through the not specific genetic tests, but for whatever that thing may be, they've rose to the top mm-hmm. and they've remained there. They've been able to take on the brunt of training. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we, when we get to someone who's at the absolute top level, we can, we can probably, we're probably safe in making the assumption that he's got some pretty good genetics. Um, the, the only thing I would say about that is um, we we'll, we can probably both agree that there are some people who are at the top level who have like just really good genetics and they're riding on genetics fairly heavily. Mm-hmm. And there are probably some people at the top who have, you know, just basically above average, pretty good, you know, good genetics, but maybe not the best genetics anyone's ever had. They just got there through really good training, hard work and all that. So then what's I'm looking at them on the outside? How do you tell the difference? That's, that's yeah. my thing. So how you're does not, this you're not testing your DNA? So we're talking about the thing that we're not actually directly looking at anymore, right. you know. So how does this affect like the, you know, the gen pop who continually bring up genetics, genetics, genetics? Like what what would be the answer type of thing? Like why why is it such a bad thing? Or, you know, because bullshit just in general has a negative con- connotation. I'm not entirely sure of like the philosophical version mm-hmm. of bullshit, but it's it's not a positive thing. Right. Well, I mean it's so you see a lot of people who will just say, stop talking about genetics. It's, it's an excuse, right? Uh, you know, like that, that's pretty common sentiment. Hey, I, quit talking about genetics. You're just limiting yourself. You're making excuses, right? And I think there's, there's something to that. I mean, if you, if you have set up in your mind that you have bad genetics, um, you know, that's, that's probably not going to be a good thing for your, for your long-term performance, right? But I want to give people a better reason than just like, don't believe something because the belief's going to hurt you. Well, Okay, but what if it's true? You know, it's not it's not satisfying. It's not right. I, I don't like I don't like to tell people just base your beliefs on whether they're helpful to you or not. Like that's not really satisfying. You wanna you wanna believe something because it's actually true. And in this case, I think this gives you a, a very solid reason to, you know, not believe to not talk about genetics or not believe you have bad genetics because you really don't know. Like you're you're actually you actually don't know. And if you think I mean, if you haven't, and that's why I gave in my essay, I gave people a way out. If you really want to talk about your genetics, go get your DNA analyzed, like take it to a geneticist, like see, they probably can't do that much. I don't know what the actual science on this is, but at least, you know, make, make the effort to, to check what you're saying with, um, you know, with the actual thing itself, which is your DNA, you know, at least show that you're at, at all interested in the truth. And then, you know, you can talk about genetics all you want, but I would say don't talk about genetics because you actually don't know. And, you know, it's probably not going to be helpful for you to try to make excuses, but like, I'm giving you an actual reason why you shouldn't do it. And right. 
you know, because there's a lot of like, oh, ditch the self-limiting beliefs. Okay, but what if it's it's hard to do that if you think deep down that it's true? But if you know that it's either not true or I just have no way of knowing, I really can't know and I'm just making a stupid guess, then it's a lot easier, I think, to be like, oh yeah, I'm not going to worry about it because I I really don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah, rather than just uh, giving yourself that constant positive outlook kind of thing, which is which is bullshit in itself, you know? Um I like that. Uh, so another one of your posts, um, the title of it is consistency is overrated. Now, obviously yeah. that, so, so what, what do you mean in that essay? Like if you could give us kind of the thesis behind that essay and then what you mean by consistency is overrated. Yeah. So, I mean, I was definitely firing for effect there. And obviously I'm not saying you shouldn't be consistent in the gym. It's more that like if you don't realize fairly quickly, maybe someone has to tell you, but if you don't realize fairly quickly that you're going to have to go to the gym regularly, like every week, except for, you know, holidays, sickness, um, you know, multiple times a week and actually train regularly. If you don't realize that that's going to be important for you to get results, there's probably not a lot that anyone can do to help you. So I don't know why all the influencers focus on that so much. If they're not, if they haven't listened the first, you know, 20 times they've heard it, you can't help them. So focus on the people you can help. And I think, um, because it's, it's just so ubiquitous, that's just the thing that everyone says to explain any kind of, you know, good results. Like, oh yeah, I was just consistent for like 10, 20, 30 years, just consistency, consistency, consistency. Right. So like, let me, let me come back with you at, with this. Maybe it is the actual like rhetoric of saying to be more mm -hmm. consistent. That yeah. is the overrated rhetoric. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, because, yeah, I'm, yeah. So I have been able to get people more consistent by teaching them how to lift and mm -hmm. by taking them through training sessions. And then they're like, okay, well, you know, now I have this thing, this method to be mm -hmm. more consistent. And so they naturally become more successful consistent and then they realize that results come from consistency mm -hmm. so maybe it's not as though like i i, I kind of like what you're saying here again um and that it's it's like finding a way to build the consistency but it's not actually just saying hey guys you got to be more consistent you got to be more consistent because that is just mm -hmm. it's just the it's the baseline thing that every influencer is going to say we've heard it a million times yeah. and if you don't get it by now like you're probably not going to get it, but there's ways to get it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it just should, I mean, yeah, there are definitely going to be mental strategies that are going to help you, um, um, you know, figure out how to be consistent and just learning how to train and starting to get results. is going to make you want to be consistent. Um, yeah. My, my main concern with that is just that the overemphasis on it, I think is going to have people that are listening and are paying attention and are doing what people say, you know, maybe a little bit too reluctant to change it up when things are not working. And I think it's going to make people, you know, maybe your intermediates, your, you know, your people who have, you know, put in some, some good work. It's going to make them, I think a little bit too hesitant to, uh, to actually start changing things when they aren't working. Cause you know, we're constantly told don't program pop, just be consistent, just trust the process. And, and, you know, that's, that's, that's something that, you know, beginners need to hear, but I mean, they're not really, they may not be listening anyway. And I think that just the overemphasis on consistency is, 
you know, maybe making people too reluctant to jump off of a ship that's sinking and, you know, find something that's going to get them results. You know, they're going to, uh, people I feel are being, who are listening, I think are being told to just stick with it. And if you just grind on, even though you don't seem like you're getting results, eventually you will. And that's not always the case. You know, you, I'm not saying stop working out. <laughs> that's not the answer at the end, but you know, I do think, you think that afraid to try new things. So do you think that maybe like creativity is a good thing? Like, oh yeah. So, but the problem is though, if people start to get too creative, then they limit their consistency. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, in order to grow stronger legs, you need to squat at least once a week, or you need to do some sort of leg, you know, big leg compound movement, most likely once a week, if you want to get generally strong, you know, in whatever that may be. And that the only thing that you can tell someone to do is just to do that. However, I, for me, like I just had that video, that clip on Instagram. I think you commented on it um, where I was kind of talking about the antithesis of Jocko Willink, where he's, he is talking about discipline over everything mm. and discipline kind of coincides with consistency in that way. And my thing was like, well, what if we could motivate and find a new way to motivate and we could teach people how to motivate themselves every day? Like we mm -hmm. could become consistent in our motivations mm -hmm. because the, the crux of the whole discipline is everything, which I'm not saying discipline is not important, but the crux of the whole thing is that motivation is fleeting. And my thought process is like, what if it isn't? Yeah, yeah. What if motivation isn't fleeting? And so that's where the creativity, the the methods in which you can get people to the gym, the methods in which you can psychologically get to people to get to the gym. I think those are very important. And maybe this kind of, again, coincides with the consistency is overrated thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I like the way I like the way you put that. Um, I, Yeah, I think if you get yeah, well, creativity or creativity and open-mindedness just looking for things instead of maybe just trying to slot yourself into this one thing i'm this is the thing that i first found this is the thing that someone told me i should do i'm going to be disciplined and just do that if you're creative and or just open-minded to other things you might find something where like you said you actually are motivated every day i mean that's that's what's worked for me it sounds like that's what's worked for you and i think i think probably for a lot of successful people yeah. Like, I think it's not, an underrated thing, yeah. man. I think I really think a lot of successful people are not talking about their ability to motivate themselves over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and the thing is, once you get to a certain level, um, it's, it's becomes much more freeing to try and motivate yourself. So for instance, um, today, uh, I went to the CrossFit gym because the workout was, it was a snatch complex power snatch plus hang snatch plus two overhead squats. And it was, you do a set every two minutes for five mm -hmm. rounds, which is like a pretty standard kind of weightlifting <laughs> workout. Okay. Yeah. I, so I show up to the gym, I get put through a warm up. I get to sit back and do a really good Olympic style weightlifting. And then the workout was a circuit, obviously, you know, the Metcon, the wad, whatever you want to call it. It was strict chin ups, strict ring dips, and then overhead squats. And it was like, just do as many rounds of those as you can in 20 minutes. I'm like, first off, for people to peg CrossFit as some silly thing is like, we had two strict gymnastics movements, you know, one of them on rings, um, overhead squats. Like it was a great full body workout 
And if somebody were to program, hey, Zach, do, you know, three sets of this circuit uh, at your own pace, it might have taken me, you know, 20, 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Well, whereas this workout, the entirety of the workout was 20 minutes and I did six rounds. So I did double the work and I did it strict, you know, so to, to bring it all back around to my initial thing was like, I used, you know, I looked at the workout, I cherry picked it. I said, Hey, this is going to fit good for me. I'm going to take this motivation. I'm going to get a good workout where I can outsource the coaching. I can outsource the music, all of that. And I can get it in. And, mm-hmm. and um, the coolest thing, like I can make content on that as well, which is another level of motivation. And I think you probably have a lot of that motivation as well. It's like you can go outside and you can start working out and you can think about a post in your head that you want to mm-hmm. make. You can think about a lift that you want to do and you want to do it to the best of your ability. It's a thing. And I think there is another way to to attack, uh, you know, getting people in the gym. And yeah, now that you've explained the consistency is overrated thing, I, I really do like it. I really do. But there's yeah, nuance, definitely. you know, you can't can't just say consistency is overrated without getting you know, Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, that I mean that I, I I tried to explain it, but um but yeah, no, I think I, I definitely like the idea of using discipline more than motivation. And here's the thing, I oh, you mean you motivation know, versus discipline. Well, I mean, like I I'm I'm using more discipline right now and it right. sucks because right. I'm doing a lot more I'm trying to do a lot of um more work on mobility and it's working, it's great, but man, some of the stuff I'm having to grind through, but it, it's it's getting me results. But but then again, on the other hand, I'm doing it because I'm motivated because I can see it helping me do the lifts that I'm trying to do, even make progress on bodybuilding. So I like I I'm that motivated about you know the goals that I have that I'm I am leaning on discipline. I feel like discipline should be a little bit more of a last resort because if you're using it a lot, you don't like what you're doing. But yeah. then you can, you know, on the other hand, once you get to to a certain point, you're so motivated by what you're doing that you're willing to exercise a lot of discipline. And here's a little get a little to get a little conspiratorial. I would, I suspect that Jocko Willink may be a little bit more motivated than he lets on. I mean, the. I don't think he's suffering through it quite as much. I think he likes what he's doing. I think, I mean, he's, he's doing jujitsu. He's doing his surfing. He's doing his working, he's working out and everything. He's yelling at people. He, look at his, I, that, that guy's a, he's a little bit crazy. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I think, I think he likes what he's doing just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's it. That's the thing is like. People are like at, that. Right. I, I think it's, you know, part of his image and I, I won't take away the fact that he probably has done some, I mean, he, I know he has done some very he's disciplined done, shit. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's done some shit. And, um, but you know, so say, say someone's like, I got to wake up at five in the morning to work mm-hmm. out every morning, no matter what I do it. Mm-hmm. But then they say, and every time I'm done, I feel great. It's like, well, that was kind yeah. of motivation, right? That's right. feeling great. So it's almost like it, it, it's, you know, and this is, I, this is exactly what your Instagram is all about. And this is why I love it because it's like a part of me as well is we're just talking about words, like how you use words. And then when people say them, we're like just getting super granular and working mm-hmm. in there and like, what does it really mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the reality is we only have a few seconds and a few words of people's time. Mm-hmm. And I think what I love about your post is like, if discipline or consistency is the only thing they're ever hearing, they may feel bad for not being a Jocko Willink or, or something like that, or, or if it's not working, you know? Right. Right. Or they may try to, you know, 
emulate parts of his, you know, life path that may or may not be applicable. Because, you know, because everyone, you know, everyone follows their own unique path to success and not, you know, if you're not going down the same path as him, is everything that he did going to be applicable to you? Maybe, maybe not, but there are, you know, there are alternatives. But yeah, I mean, just coming back to kind of the wordplay involved, I mean, this, yeah, there's, there's so many things that we just kind of, that just kind of get said, you know, and almost taken as just assumed to be true. And yeah, I think there's definitely space for folks like us to actually pull some of these definitions apart and wait, wait, what are we really talking about here? Is this right. really true as everyone thinks? I mean, and, 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 you know, people respond really well. I mean, everyone, you know, when you got into, um, you know, what is a charlatan, everybody loved that, you know, I think right. people are, people are looking for a little bit of that because, it, you know, it's not true that everybody who's into lifting weights and fitness is just some meathead. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people want to add, you know, an intellectual, philosophical level to that and, you know, responding really well. I mean, it, what's crazy is a lot of the time my essay posts actually perform better than my reels. You know, reels are kind of hit or miss. Sometimes they do really well, but, um, you know, a lot of times they just burn out. But the essay posts people respond really positively to, which... It just, you know, shows there are a lot of people out there that, you know, do want to think about this stuff in a little bit more detail. And, and that's, that's really cool. That's been one of the most awesome, positive things to see. I mean, Instagram's got this kind of, just kind of narcissistic, look at me, I'm just going to show an image reputation, but there's people out there that will read a 10 slide blog post and yeah. a lot of them, and it's awesome. So what, what do you, um, what do you feel like you're constantly kind of fighting through uh, or you know, you, you feel like you're constantly thinking, okay, this is the fitness industry. Like it needs to change in this way. Or like, what's, what's one of the issues that you think that you're, you're usually seeing and that comes up over and over again? Um, let's see. I, I would say, let's, let's see central issue. Honestly, one of the biggest issues I would say is that just the biggest voices and the biggest people out there typically are enhanced. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to judge them or judge their path because I absolutely respect people who are going down that path, but, you know, to actually perform at high level. I mean, obviously I respect pro athletes and, you know, people that are, and I'm glad, you know, I'm not saying I'm glad they're doing it if they're getting negative health impacts, but it's cool. You know, it's cool to see somebody out there pulling, you know, 500 kilograms or, whatever other insane stuff they do. I mean, that's awesome. And I like watching it. Right. But the problem is that's, that's kind of guiding everyone down paths that um, are, I guess, kind of the paths by which people can be most impressive and do the most, you know, using those, um, using those options. And it's, I think it's leaving, um, Kind of a big vacuum. It's it's leaving kind of a big vacuum for people that you know either don't want to go that route or just aren't going to go that route. Um, do you do you it's, think it's kind of like that, no other path exists? You know, but like, do you think that the like if someone is silly enough to believe that the rock is natural, hmm. are they and then they're going to see that? Oh, I can never be like the rock, so I'm never going to train. Is that I mean? Because I don't feel like that's a thing that people would actually do. No, that's, that's not, that's, that's never been my concern. I, I don't, you know, people are worried about the self-limiting beliefs. I'm really not. What I'm worried mm -hmm. about is what I'm, I'm more concerned about is, you know, people are just looking at the enhanced guys and thinking that is bodybuilding, right? 
that's how bodybuilders train. Okay, right. I've done what the enhanced guys are doing. I'm only at the certain level that I'm not happy with. Oh, well, I guess I can either just give up and maintain or hop on a cycle, right? When in reality, well, you're never going to look like the rock naturally. You can look a whole lot better than someone who is just training like an enhanced bodybuilder, just doing all everything the enhanced bodybuilders are doing, um, but not taking the drugs, right? Right. So, I mean, we've, we've got, we've had a number of guys recently, you know, show that, no, if you actually, if you actually put, you know, your effort in and start learning about how naturals need to do things, which isn't entirely different. It's not, you know, night and day, it's not a completely different thing, but there are, you know, there are important differences. Yeah. You, you guys like uh, Alex Leonidas, yeah. Joffrey Schofield, these guys are, you know, really um, pushing a lot of boundaries. They're, they're you know, they're, they're crossing some lines that people thought weren't crossable, you know, 10 years ago in a lot of right. cases, because they're actually looking into, okay, how could this natural thing be a little bit different than what the top guys are doing? And, and not taking away from the, from the, you know, the enhanced pros, they're doing what they need to do to get the results they want, you know? Like, I'm yeah, not gonna, I'm not, I'm not bashing them. I'm not saying like, it's wrong to train the way it's working for you, just, it's possible another another type of person might be, um, uh, you know, well, and natural athletes need to do things different. That's that's what all the top naturals have figured out. Um, and, and the- yeah, my and I, I guess my I want to before I forget, like my my kind of element on that is okay, and, and we can look, you know, naturals can physically look better than you know people thought. That's something that's being proven. But I think, you know, the natural um, natural potential I think is best shown also in, in feats of strength that people are not realizing they can do. I mean, if you just compare yourself to enhanced power lifters who are pulling a thousand pounds, you might be upset because you're not going to add that much, that much muscle and just have that much raw muscular strength. But there's a lot of stuff that you can do that you might be really impressed with that you don't even know you can do because no one's, no one's going down those routes because, you know, it's, I think it's, Partially, if, if really big, really strong enhanced guys were doing a lot of that stuff, they'd be pulling muscles right and left. And also partially because, you know, just the enhanced, the increased muscle mass just translates better to, you know, bigger lifts like bench press, you know, squat, deadlift, stuff like that, you know. Sorry, so, good job. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, I, I kind of like thinking about this thought experiment where uh, the, the common thread is train your ass off for a long, long, mm-hmm. long time. If you want to enhance, wait until you've trained your ass off. Mm -hmm. And I think the undertone there is like, realize what you're capable of naturally and then enhance. And I think someone like yourself would say that's complete bullshit because how are you, you did not, there's, it's likely that you did not exhaust what you could naturally. It's highly unlikely. I mean, I wouldn't say it's complete bullshit. I mean, I would say I mean, there's something to that as well. Um, I mean, it's just all about what you, I, I would say you probably shouldn't make any big life altering decisions in general until you're at least 30. I mean, I don't like, right, but I'm, from, I don't from like a, the idea of young people. I mean, young people, I'm sorry, you're going to, you're going to learn some things by the time you go through your twenties. I'd like, you should not be doing this as a teenager. I mean, you shouldn't be making any big life-altering decisions you shouldn't be taking out student loans you shouldn't be you know going on a drug that might affect you for the rest of your life you shouldn't be doing a lot of stuff in your in your teens or even your early 20s really but um the the one thing i wouldn't say about like 
wait for a long time until you go on. Um, if you do choose to go on, I think I think there's going to be some benefit to that. If you look at the golden era guys, um, now I'm not saying they all waited forever. I mean, Arnold went on early, but what they had that a lot of today's guys don't, they 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 all basically learned how to do bodybuilding from the silver year guys who were natural don't listen to the conspiracy theories the silver year guys were as far as it i mean the very late silver era like people were first like doing their very earliest experiments anyway so the golden year guys whether they actually waited for a long time or not they were all coming up in, in silver era bodybuilding culture so they had they had a natural understanding of training even if they didn't all wait yeah and thought and while i'm sure a bunch of them are like downplaying their drug use, you can tell by looking at them that they were they were training in a different way. They were training in a more silver era way, so they were able to get more out of their training naturally, even though they were enhanced. And I think, I think their physiques did look better in a lot of cases, not bigger than the ones today, but they you know better quality. I I think a lot of them look better than today's like classic physique competitors. Did and I see, think a lot of that is they were getting more out of training. You know, did you see the new Arnold documentary by chance? I haven't yet. So I, I the the first episode is like a little over an hour, maybe an hour 20 or something. It's definitely, mm -hmm. definitely a worthwhile uh, watch. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Arnold looked insane at 19 years old. Like, mm -hmm. and the reason why he started using early was because he was good early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he, uh, I think he won at, at 20. He won, he lost Mr. Olympia to that black dude, Oliveira or something, or yeah, Sergio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then ended up beating him over and over again the following mm -hmm. years. But I think it was, it wasn't until he was over in California that he started using, I think when he was in Austria, I don't think he was using, which still, when he moved over to California, he was like 23. Yeah. You know? So, um, but I, I, what I like about Arnold is that when he was, when he was 19, like he looked insane insane and i think one of the the things that people tend to under like misunderstand or, or misappropriate is that you know drugs make good or they make good the best but they very rarely do they take you know people that just work hard and make them in the best in the in, in the top tier like mm -hmm. um and i think that happens a lot in sport um i think that you know, Barry Bonds was a freak of nature athlete, started mm -hmm. using and became a freak of nature hitter, like the best hitter right. of all time. Um, and that doesn't just happen to some guy who wants to work hard. Right. So, so I guess seeing Arnold and, and seeing him talk about it like that, I, I genuinely do believe when he said 95% of it was already done and then the additional 5% was the steroids at least for that first Olympia, at least for that first one. Mm -hmm. And then there was a noticeable difference in his physique in the next couple Olympias. Like, so because yeah. you, you got to understand at that point, it's like he's been training over a decade. He's been going hard as fuck in Venice and now he loses and he wants to go harder. It's like, mm -hmm. well, you can only really up the dosage of these things. Yeah, I, I do believe in the beginning, though, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but he says, you know, the 5% was was added. Yeah, and there's a there's a thing in Olympic weightlifting where um, it's commonly called like the 10% rule, where mm -hmm. um, 
drugs will allow you to lift 10% more or at least more consistent, consistently um, from like, you know, 100% your natural or maybe like 97% your natural to feeding right. that. So I, I kind of believe it. Like I, I, I genuinely don't think that they were doing what they do now. Like the drugs were yeah. doing what they do. Yeah, I mean, you can look at the, yeah, I mean, if you just look at their training, it's it's of a higher quality. I mean, not not entirely, but I mean, they they're training with more range of motion. They're they're training they're training the ranges of the muscles involved. You know, they're not just they're not just doing like the basic. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I mean, I've I've worked out at Gold's Gym for in Venice for years. Um, powerhouse Chatsworth, a lot of like really big bodybuilding gyms. I mean, these big mass monsters are kind of just doing like men's fitness workouts i mean they're not they're not doing anything that's that extreme they're kind of doing basic workout my, my impression is they're just doing you know i'm not saying they're not putting effort into them but they're doing very basic stuff and i think they're kind of keep, intentionally maybe keeping that kind of a control variable to manipulate the other far more important variables they have now whereas i mean you look at the golden era guys um you know there's they're they're doing their all their back training with with a lot more range. They're, hell, they're doing they're just doing a lot more different stuff. I mean, you look at Tom Platts' training. He's been very controversial recently. People saying that he took more drugs than he um, than he let on. People are saying you know maybe the uh, five twenty five for whatever it was twenty something reps squat was fake. Okay, but we know this guy was doing like three fifteen for like fifty reps. This guy was doing like this guy was doing five hundred for high reps. Just at, you know, deep knees together. This, I mean, sorry, that training speaks for itself. No matter what Tom was taking, like you know, he would have been massive naturally. Um, you can just look at his training, like and 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 flexible too. He's doing all he's doing all the um, the range stuff that I'm finding helpful now. He was way ahead of the game. I mean, that guy was insanely flexible. Um, he was, you know, he was doing all the good stuff that you should do to be, you know, good as a natural and just. I mean, whatever he was taking, it just added that much more on top of it. I mean, you know, the drugs are obviously essential. You're not going to look like a golden era guy without them. But I, I feel like the golden era guys, to a, to a large extent, a lot of them were essentially people that are taking drugs like modern bodybuilders, but were training like, you know, silver era guys, which honestly, I think in many cases is more sophisticated and more, and, you know, superior. I think people have this misconception of the silver era that it was really, oh, just very basic, simple training. No, these guys were these guys were very advanced in a lot of ways, you know, more advanced than people now because they had to be, you, you weren't yeah. going to be impressive if you just did the basics back at that time. And you, I mean, I, people aren't going to like me saying this, but you can be, you know, fairly impressive if you do, you know, very basic stuff. Now it's a fact. Yeah. Do you think uh, guys like uh, Chris Bumstead, maybe they're, they're not training like the golden era guys. They're, they're kind of doing like what you were saying, like men's fitness or I mean, Look, I haven't I haven't followed the guy's training, but that's that's my impression. And when I look at photos comparing him to Arnold, I'm, I hate to say it, I'm more impressed by Arnold. And I'm I'm, I'm no I'm no fan of him. There are, there are a lot of um, character issues there. I don't want to get into all that, but I'm right. not saying I'm not saying I support him as a person or anything. But if you just look at the quality of his of his physique, I mean he's he's got the he's got the cartoonish look, but at the same time he's got this really dense like wide look. You know his you look mm -hmm. at him when he turns to the side. This guy's wide. His back arches out. Very, uh, you know, very menacing. The huge yoke and everything. Yeah. Um, it's. And I, again, I'm not saying I, I support his character. No, no, I don't. I, I think yeah. He's made a lot of character compromises that you know I don't 
I wouldn't say I think he's any kind of a role model, but I'm just saying like his, his physique was good. And I think it's not, it's certainly not just the drugs and certainly not just the genetics either. I think he, I think he trained in a specific way that people are not really doing anymore. And, you know, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. All right. That's uh that's good enough for the show, man. I really uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, like I said, like your, the way your essays, what the way that you pick apart the words that people use in the fitness industry are very important. And they're important to me because that's exactly how I think. I'm thinking on this granular level of like picking apart every word, because if our goal is to actually motivate people to do things differently, we need to think with a little bit more nuance and we need to think about things differently. Um, so where can people find you? What at just Atlas Power Shrugged on Instagram or? Yeah, just at Atlas Power Shrugged on Instagram. I, I have a YouTube, but I rarely post. I mean, I just, I don't have the time to actually make long form videos you know, maybe at some point I'll be able to find time and start doing that. But it's frankly doing, you know, doing videos like you guys do. It's a huge time investment. It's a ton of work. I My hat's off to all you guys that are actually putting out YouTube videos on a regular basis on the rare occasions that I do. And even at the quality that they manage to be, that's a lot of work. So yeah, I, I stick to Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So everyone check him out. Um, definitely a very, very quality, quality follow um, you know, not a big Instagram influencer by any stretch. He's a family man who has a life to live, um, but is just incredibly interested in fitness and, and these different eras and different things. So I appreciate you coming on, man. All right. Thank you very much for having me. And I appreciate you being flexible once again.